Hello and welcome to the match report. Blah 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 blah. Hello and welcome to the match report. Uh, hosted by I'm, we're live, man. We're gonna mess it up eventually. That's what it is. It is all right. Hosted, of course, by Free in the Field. Pay Hill, Kojo on the right. Somebody's mic is bugging out. I'm not sure whose it is. It might be your Iron Brew, bro. <laughs> I think it might be our bro for one second if you could sweet up. Have to wait. You have to. There we go. Anyway, Kojo, how you doing, sir? Was it me? I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, it might, wait, let me let me mute myself. No. Yeah, it's definitely me. It's not me. Yeah. It's me then. Uh-oh. Oh wow! <laughs> I need to sort, sort my mic up. You can say you got over whilst I sort my mic up. Uh, All right, mic. no worries, man. Um, yes. Um, as Kel said, I am Kojo. Um, obviously from of course, I do know. And this is our guest for the first time joining us. I thought it would be appropriate to bring on a Liverpool fan since this tends to be the it's a Liverpool weekend, if I'm gonna be honest. So joining us is Nine Squeeze, aka Samuel. Bro, how are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm good, I'm good, man. Thank you for in, for inviting me on, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you, man. No worries, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, what happened to my United shirt? Big run. Um, this was bought as a gift to me, so I thought I'd put it on today. Is that, is that, that that's the main reason you, you're that not is, wearing That is shirt, absolutely right? the reason why I'm wearing a Barcelona yeah, shirt. I have nothing to do with what happened last, last night, right? What happened last night? Well, as you, as you mentioned it, let's just get right into it with, whilst you're drinking <laughs> your iron brew from your Harry Potter cup. <laughs> Manchester United, nil. Liverpool, five. Goals from Mohamed Salah. He bad a hat trick. The first hat trick in the, I think, what was it? The first hat trick scored yeah, in the Manchester at mean, Old Trafford from a Liverpool player. Had to happen eventually. And it happened today. Um, hat trick from Mo Salah, Diego Jota as well. And who else got the goal? Oh, um, Naby Keita. There we go. Naby Keita, yeah. I mean, let's start there. I feel like I don't need to say really much anything. No, no questions needed. Just Kojo. Feelings. How are you feeling, bro? You know what? Can we do this a little bit differently this time? Let's let's start with the praise first because Liverpool scored five. May night is going to be a long moment. So let's let's start with the praise first. <laughs> you know you want to get into it. Fair enough. Samuel, how how are you feeling after this historic historic occasion? Like, I could even just count myself in it. Like, obviously, I knew that obviously going to the game that we got strong and we were probably going to be United, but I didn't think it was going to be 4 um, 5 0, let alone even 3 0. I even think, or even I thought a nice 2 0, 2 1 victory type, it's like it's a derby, Simpsons go out the window, and yeah, so obviously, as the game went on. Scored in, the, in like the first five minutes, I was like, okay, okay, and then obviously going to score again. I'll be real, yeah. I genuinely didn't even like my celebration wasn't as like when I was celebrating. It was more just laughing because I couldn't believe it. Like <laughs> I genuinely couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, like the game was just funny, man. It was just funny. Um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was just a funny game to be honest. Like, I don't think that we even played that well. Like, I genuinely don't think Liverpool played to a standard that 
that we usually do. So yeah, like it was a funny game. You know what I'm saying it's a really funny game. Yeah, let's, let's get let's get into to that because the, the idea that Liverpool didn't play that well. I mean, watching yesterday, I I, I tend to agree with that that uh, point that you've made that. You didn't really, really get into the game. It was pretty much Manchester United gifting you a lot of goals. But Salah took a, took them very clinically. And you can't, you can't just deny, you can't give Salah those opportunities. Yeah, I think United defensively were a shambles, man. Like I couldn't leave some of the, the like the space that Firmino, Joe were given. Um, I think that game was just a game where, like, I think once we scored the second goal, I think their heads just dropped. Do you know what I'm saying? And obviously, mm. from there, it was going to be how much. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man, Salah was exquisite as usual. I don't even think that he even played that well. Do you know what I'm saying? I think in the game, if you look at his stats, he didn't even complete any dribbles. So it's like he didn't really come out of that second gear. So, yeah, man, like, he was. I feel like the whole team was good to a certain level, but honestly, I honestly didn't feel as if we played so well to get that final win. Like in a way, we deserved the final win, but we didn't play to that level. If, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kojo, you 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 kind of trying to hold off for the Manchester United uh, critique. Let's call it that. Let's call it be kind. Let's call it, but. What went so wrong for Manchester United? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a there's a figurehead that you want to bemoan, but as a whole, as a collective, what went wrong? Um, United's sort of last three years has been you underperform against the the smaller boys, but against the bigger boys, somehow you pull out a result. But for me, that's that's not something that can last. That's not something that can be sustained. Um, and that's what I feel that people need to actually, you know, recognize because that Atalanta performance was scary. If you want to keep it real, it was very, very scary. Coming back due to a passionate sort of energizing comeback is not something you can do against Liverpool. Atalanta, the fact they went 2-0 up in that first, in that first half with two midfielders in their back three, and Duvan Supata on the bench because he wasn't completely fit to start the game. They were depleted and they came to Old Trafford and they outclassed May United in that first half. And they were still creating chances in the second half. We just managed to get the three goals to come win the game. But they were still cutting us open. So when you come to Liverpool, the first thing that alarmed me was the lineup because it was the same starting 11 against Atalanta. So the first 11 in that 45 minutes that had a shocker before you had to make changes for us to get back into the game, you decided to get to start the biggest game of your calendar year in terms of Premier League fixtures with the same team with the claim that they have some sort of momentum. So that was already nonsense. And then the performance was just incoming. I, I, the goals were so easy. I, they, they were so easy. If you see the, the first goal, if you watch it back, in between, our midfielders, and when I say midfielders, I'm not talking about uh, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford and Greenwood. I'm talking about McTominay and Fred. In between them and our defence were four Liverpool players. So within the first 10 minutes of the game, you're already on a 4-1 on situation because Wan-Bissaka is running to Timbuktu. Lindelof 
is following him. Maguire also follows him and leaves Luke Shaw in the back by himself. So there's no cohesion, there's no protection, there is no logic. And Jurgen Klopp, being the nice guy that he is, tried to claim before the game that, um, um, what did he say? Sorry, I'm going to have to just move the back as well. Sorry, there you go. Um, he, he came to claim that he watched the game and there was not one moment where he was rubbing his hands and, you know, thinking that, you know, they, they would come away with uh, an easy win or something. And I'm like, no, you're a manager worth everything in Seoul. You know exactly where to hurt teams. You saw that and you said, I'm going to kill these guys. Because within a minute, Firmino was finding Salah in the middle. Salah was nowhere near his position. He found his way straight into the middle. He was the most dangerous player. Keita's now running in behind. Easy. And it was the same thing. <sighs> The back line, minus De Gea and the two um, midfielders had the worst game in the United shirt from all of them I've ever seen. It was shocking. And you don't do that against Liverpool. You don't give Liverpool opportunities. Samuel said it. They didn't have to get out of first gear. When Liverpool can beat you 5-0 in a major game like this and they don't have to get out of first gear, that says a lot about your performance. Um... The guy's got to go, man. I don't even. I don't even say his name. He's the guy. Just the guy. He's the guy there's right the, now. There's, he, there's the Scottish one now. There's just the guy, the Norwegian one. Should we call him? He is from Norway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, his time is up. Man. <laughs> his time is it the, Oh boy, why, why is his time up? I don't understand this. Have you, you you've been playing well? Uh, you finished second last year, Euro uh, European Cup final. Mm -hmm. If I'm if I'm looking at it with rose tinted glasses on, it looks like it's all perfect. It's all hunky dory. You got a few more games to go. Yes, this was a minor blip. But it's Manchester United here. Manchester United don't sack managers, do they? They're mm -hmm. they're a proud club. They're a workers club. If oh, I'm yeah, if yeah. I'm get, if I'm getting my uh, my Gary Neville impression on correctly, <laughs> you get it spot on. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, look, look for me. It's for me. It's like this. Um, Jose Mourinho got sacked after finishing second, winning two trophies and not being backed in his final window at the club when he wanted defenders. Mm. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer finished second, lost four semi-finals in a row, got to a final, lost the final after making his first change after 100 minutes, was still backed in the window and given a new contract and then he lost 5-0. If Mourinho can get sacked for losing 3-1 to Liverpool at Anfield, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can get sacked for losing 5-0 in his house. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. At this point, it doesn't have to even be said anymore. The, the defining factor for me was all these people that we follow, either on my personal Twitter on, on the um, podcast Twitter, also we have leaders of fans but of different clubs, but... The ones that you were staunch all lay in were all making statements saying, hey, you know what, the time's up, man. I just have to recognize that, you know, he, he's done well here, but he's not the man. And it's like, it took you losing five minutes to Liverpool to realize <laughs> that he's not the man. Not losing to Villarreal, not losing to Leicester, not struggling against um, Wolverhampton when Adama Traore pretty much made um, Fred one of his victims. 
Um, how many poor or underwhelming performances did they need before they recognized, oh wait, really he's maybe he's not the guy. He's not he's not the guy. He's made he's built a nice squad. He just doesn't know what to do with the squad. And the stuff coming out today that he does indeed allow Carrick and McKenna to take charge of training. Mm. And they implement an attacking style. They play a different formation, a 3 5 2, because there is no defensive midfielder. Um, so they try to train that. And then you go into games and say, by the way, we're playing 4 2 3 1 again, and we're playing a bit of a lower block. So you're not, you're telling your coaches to, to coach their way, but you're not actually in cohesion with them. You're not telling them, this is what I want to do. If you talk with Kendall and Carrick, I want to stick with a 4 2 3 1, instead of go and just coach these guys and train them, they would find a way to get these guys playing a 4 2 3 1. Obviously, it's not happening. So, honestly, I think him and Phelan need to go. I'll actually, keep, I'll keep the two coaches. It's, it's done, man. It's done. Uh, Sam, let's let's bring you let's bring you on on this. Um, you clearly didn't didn't try to to smash them five 0 They gifted you these goals completely. Um, but coming off of the tricky win against Atletico Madrid. Is there some, I don't know, is there some worry? Are you feeling worried going forward, knowing that it's, this was because Man United were bad and not because Liverpool were great? Because you didn't really look great, and you would, I think you agree with that, but you were very clinical. Is there some sort? Is there any worry going forward now that this may paper over some, some I'm saying this with uh, quotation marks, cracks in this Liverpool side? Samuel? I think he's he's gone. Same question to you, Kojo. Let's let's go let's go there. Is it is it a paper and over the cracks this five no win or is it just is it are they going to go on and push forward from this point? No, I, I don't think there's any sort of crack, which is the funny thing. I think we've all recognised that Liverpool they do they can be got at, obviously, and that's like any club, though, isn't it? At the end of the day, when you take a game to a team. Eventually, if you can try to force them into a mistake, they can make mistakes and you can win games. Liverpool will not go unbeaten. That's the reason why um, Watford beat them 3-0, I think, was it two years ago? Um, yeah. You know, and that's why even Man City, with all their, their greatness, that's why they haven't been able to go unbeaten in the season. May United, all those years back, when they were winning trophies, they never went unbeaten either. It's because there's always a way to beat a team. Arsenal went unbeaten the season, but eventually they found their loss. There's always a way to get a team whether it's fair or not fair, whatever. But what is alarming is, or I think what is good for them, alarming for other clubs, is it seems like other clubs sort of falter at their knees every time Liverpool come to them. I don't know if it's a fair thing, because if it's a fair thing, that's good for Liverpool. It has I mean, to be has a fair thing. thing. Everybody has to fear Salah at this point. Oh, he, he's he's absolutely terrifying. And Samuel said it um, when he gets back, obviously, they he didn't have to play well. He didn't play well. He wasn't particularly great but when the chances came to him he did what he had to do Henderson was brilliant Henderson ran the midfield that pass was sensational this is coming from me when Hector um I was say Hector Herrera when Ander Herrera was here I was saying they were both the one the same person this one's English one Spanish <laughs> <laughs> um we got our bro back um yeah bro yeah. Connection really yeah, yeah go, continue with him continue with him yeah well yeah, so, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, is this 
defeat, uh, this victory, um, is it papering over any cracks in this Liverpool side? Because this was very much a win, given off the back that Manchester United weren't great. Um, I'll probably say that, obviously, before the game anyway, like before this week or before that Athletic game, I think, like, I always said how our balance with our midfield defensively isn't quite there yet. I think, obviously, when we lost Genie, kind of lost that defensive um, stability. So, yeah, I think this United doesn't really change things. Obviously, it does give us a bit more momentum, and and who knows that like, we might go on a on a on a on a big run. So, but just in terms of what I've seen over the course of this season, I'll definitely say that defensively, not that it's even people of a crack because I do think even in the game there was a few times where United got in. I think. I believe it was Rashford. Bruno Fernandez, Rashford had Rashford, yeah, Bruno as well. Yeah. So obviously, and if I think Bruno had the first chance of the game. So if that, I think yeah, like um, it's definitely we do have weakness. You know what I'm saying that like, I do feel like with um our midfield without Genie Thiago, um, Sabino wasn't there today. Our mm. stability kind of gone. So. Yeah, I feel like going forward, that is definitely probably our only concern. Closely, we're scoring goals. Um, our defense is is just good in it, you know what I'm saying? I think it's just a midfield, and yeah, I think what, if you get that right, I think yeah, we'll be good. But obviously, with injuries, um, Afcon coming up soon, so a lot can change. But yeah, probably say our midfield defensively isn't as it was last season or the season before. So yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a good problem to have, I'd, I'd say. I mean, Fabinho not playing, that means you've got a, a great option there. Thiago not playing, another great option. Canate, we're not, I'm not even sure if Canate is going to be the main uh, partner to Van Dijk because it might be Matip, it might be Joe Gomez. We not, we don't know. So Klopp has these these problems, per se, but they're very, it's very much in his favour. But let's talk about Salah. You obviously got the hat-trick, the first hat-trick in a Manchester-Liverpool derby at Old Trafford for a Liverpool player. I mean, is, is, is he going to stop? I, d- I don't see him stopping. <sighs> Honestly, I've run out of words for that guy, man. Like, I, <laughs> I, every single, I think when he scored that goal against C, from then on, I was like, yeah, man, just, I'm I'm going to watch. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm going to, like, before, whenever he scored a goal, I'm like, oh my God. But now it's just so normal. Like, it's just like, all right, you know what? Yeah, nice one. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, now I've run out of words for him. Like, obviously, very much appreciate here. Obviously, I hope he signs that new contract. Um, and yeah, man, like right now, I don't know what he's doing. Like, I think this is messy number that that the form he's in is Messi Ronaldo in, in the past level. So, like, it's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. Hopefully, it can go on for as long as it can. Um, obviously, we're gonna need him if we're gonna get and try win the title or try win the Champions League. So, yeah, man, like Salah, I've actually run out of words. Like, I'm not. Like nowadays, I'm like when he, I think, but when he scored that goal, the first goal, I was just like, like he was, you know what I'm saying, like he was. So it's like nowadays, I just sit and appreciate it, man. Like I don't even scream and shout like I used to. I just watch him because he, like, we're witnessing greatness, you know what I'm saying? So, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, can I introduce the fact the third member of Freemanfield? Go ahead, bro. All right, all right, joining us. Finally, he's made it, and I think he's going to want to go on off for one as well, actually. <laughs> fellow United fan in pain. Oh, brother. Darren. Yeah, um, apologies, technical issues over here. Um, but let me just say this. First off, hats off to Liverpool. 
Also, they took a lot of mercy away the Hayes in the second half. Mercy that, the, mercy that the team did not deserve. Um, the coaching staff needed to be embarrassing. And um, they did a little bit, but we all know we could have been looking at uh, made out versus Southampton score if they were really on it. Yeah. We, we could have seen like nine. <laughs> Easy. Um, Mane was trying, bro. Mane was really trying. He, he tried his hardest to get that. Mane was on it. He came on and had like four shots or something. So yeah, he, was yeah he, he really wanted to join in on the fun. He just couldn't, man. They, they pretty much had Trent. everybody behind the ball at that point. Yeah. Trent, too. Trent, too. Hey, Trent, yeah, he's got yeah. a banger. Yeah. yeah, the hair, the hair, the hair's the only one that can't have any sort of credit because he made that save. <laughs> That's it. Uh, you're, you're hitting the booze, or bro, man. Uh, and I understand that Manchester United are bad right now, but hitting the booze, it's, it's not the one. It's not the one. But anyway, you wanted to mention, you wanted to mention uh, a, spe- a specific image. I'm not sure if you got it on. I got it for him. Yep, it's gonna yeah, just go over the screen of of us guys. So, uh, yeah, Darren, take it away, man. Take it away, Darren. This is my major issue with United. It's coaching and it's the shape. It's the idea that the team has got, allegedly got a game plan. Um, and this is the game plan. So it looks... This is, so just to clarify, this is average positions of the team uh, in the game against Liverpool, correctly? Yeah. Yeah. So really, it looks like a 4-4-2... Uh, two four four hybrid, which is suicidal. Um, especially when you have your 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 best sort your best sorry your best defender currently fit, which is Maguire. His known weakness is lack of pace to turn, being caught on his own. There is no protection. It's as useful as like a chocolate fire guard. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> And the thing is, this is only a microcosm of the problems that we got here. So, for example, with um, the first goal, the fourth goal, uh, it's, it's clear as day that the team does not know how to press, which is a coaching issue. So they press in singles. But if you watch, if you watch um, Greenwood, or when Van, or when Van Dijk gets the ball, he runs straight ahead. He doesn't curve his run to block off the passing lane. Which then just gives basically Van Dyke, who can pick a ball out anyway, the freedom of, of time to pass it to Robertson. And that means Robertson has to push up. Tommy doesn't cover, shocker. But because Robertson has to push up, that means the rest of the, the, rest of the defense have had to move alongside to, to keep shape. Which means when the ball works out to the left hand side, Tyler's got the freedom of the pitch. Just got the ball away. No, no, sorry, PSK to sorry. And it's just it's 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 amateur hour. And you look at the fact that we're made are in possession as well. You've got the clear irritation for me with McTonnell is the inability to get clear of the marker and chase the ball. If you're playing number six, or if you're playing dual sixes, which made out say allegedly, uh, one of the defensive orders. He needs to collect the ball, he needs to show for the ball, but he never does. And he's always passing it out to Van Bissaka, who is known as weak, weakest on the ball, maybe in our back four, maybe in our strongest start of the 11. And the thing is, when, you, when you're building play from the fullback, touchline acts as an extra defender. 
So you could get houses as in press. And the teams that can press really well, Liverpool probably the best pressers in the league, probably top three in Europe. And when you take that into account, you compare the way that they press, for example, with the way that um, Salah Sturz, I think it was, where they won the ball from Pogba and Henderson played an absolutely yeah. incredible pass. Props to him as well. He used to get some flowers. He, he was incredible. Um, but when Pogba loses the ball, there are four players around him. They swarm him. It's pressing in packs. Pressed in packs. Whereas right now it's pressed. One person goes, the rest stays. One person goes. And they don't press narrowly as well. They press in an expansive shape. Which means it's just so easy to pick pass through. If Thiago was saying, my God. Because he would have had the freedom of midfield. Mm. Yeah. It's really... But here's the thing. This is this is a coaching issue. Taylor Greenwood, you have to curve your eyes when you're pressing, is a coaching issue. Getting people to coach, to press in a narrow shape is a coaching issue. Yeah. So for me, the players need to hold it out because when it was 3-0 down, no, when it was 2-0 down, Maguire, as a captain, just said, Bruno, fuck the shape, you come down, make it a three, no more goals for at least 10 minutes, let's do what we can to kill the game. Whether it be niggly fouls, it be 10 wasted, no more goals for at least 15 minutes. No, that happened. They did not change the way that they approached the game when it was clearly not working. And that shows a lack of leadership from a team that has a lot of fear of the leaders. A team that, that mm. likes to pretend that they're leaders because they said something spiky in a press conference well, or because they shout a point, Bruno Fernandes. So, let's, let's, let's mention one of those leaders. and I want everybody to answer this question. So if I'm getting my facts right, it was you guys were 5-0 down at this point. How much did Paul Pogba impact this loss? No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Let's have you speak. Let's have you speak, bro. Pogba, yeah? Now, obviously, as a local fan, like, you look from outside and, and like, you see how sometimes he is unfairly scapegoated for some of the things that go on at United. Isn't it? And obviously, um, I'm not going to come and say, like, what do you call it? Like, he's the issue or whatever. But the issue that I have with Pogba is like, you come onto the pitch, yeah, and I think Oli put him on the right. So I think he put him. I think he came on for Greenwood, if I'm not um, yeah, yeah. mistaken. So he put him on right wing, which that in itself is odd. <laughs> and, obviously, and obviously, I saw a few things on Twitter about how people were saying like respect Pogba for coming on and just not taking it. And but obviously, the issue I have with with Pogba is that for majority of his of his United career, he hasn't been good enough. And yeah, you can blame the managers and say um, Mourinho was toxic, um, Van Gaal toxic. I don't know, but yeah, like you can blame them forever in it. But I feel like, especially this season and last season, Pogba was given. I feel like under Oli, he was more so played. I feel like he was allowed to play the way he wants to play. So obviously, um, sometimes I think he put him on the left side, and obviously um, he came out good. Sometimes he put it in a pivot against teams that didn't press as well. But I just feel like with Pogba, like sometimes if I was a United fan, I, I wouldn't want him to sign a new contract, if I'm being honest. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I feel as if like you come to the pitch and 
obviously, I'm presuming that Oli's brought him on to stay the game, control it a bit, and maybe try and win the game or get a draw or whatever, get or just get get some goals and yeah, make like, it more more flattering. Yeah, and obviously, just at like the goal for um when Firmino and Henderson took off him, I'm like, this guy is 28 and he still can't play under pressure in midfield. Like, I feel like with Pogba, if you put him in a pivot against C, against Liverpool, against Bayern, they're going to look and be like, that's the guy that that, that we want to um, go and target. And, and I feel like, like I said, I'm not going to skip going because obviously he's not, he's nowhere near um the issue for their um for their problems, but I just feel like at what point do you? Because I feel like there's two extremes. There's obviously there's it's Pogba's fault, and obviously it's the and and, and obviously it's the manager's fault, isn't it? Mm. I'm kind of middle where I think Pogba, like you still don't have a favored p- p- um and place to play in a team. You put him with yes, you put him when you see him at France. He's playing with um with um with Kante or someone Kante. else. Um, he plays well, fair enough, but you can't compare it's football to club football. And I thought as if personally, if I was Pogba, for like from what I see, he doesn't even get enough love from the fans. Every yeah. man that comes in doesn't really play in where he wants to play or buys players that can maximize his strengths. Me personally, like it's a combination of things with with Pogba. Um I thought as if he is to blame for some of the things that have happened in his career at United. Uh, but obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Michael both want to say some stuff here, but can I quickly just say a couple of things? I, I will let you. I'll let you go off as soon as I finish, Michael. I promise. I promise. Um, right. So, for me personally, um, with regards to Pogba, it's an amalgamation of lots of different factors. Firstly, he does get caught on the press really often, but this happens because. He's picking up the ball in so many dangerous positions because the people behind him, the sixes, are, being, are, are, are progressing the ball. And for somebody who basically, whose job is to get the ball and fire Hollywood passes, he's going to be the pressing trigger when he's got the ball because of the way that's set up. Um, secondly, the idea that he plays well alongside Conte is fancy. Conte got subbed half-time in the World Cup final. As long as he came on, Tom got a goal in the assist. Um, you know, um, the Nations League played alongside Tuchere Mendy. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah and, um, my point is a proper six. That's my point. A, like a, like Pogba's got a six. So no, I'm saying Pogba's alongside, alongside, alongside. He's here alongside Pogba's six. But the thing is, like, the thing is, like, you, the team, a team is a composition of working parts. Like, when you had um, Wendaldum, Henderson, and uh, he was the third, he used to say, yeah. or be sometimes Milner. When, there was, when that was your midfield three, the job was very obvious what they had to do. Shout outside, make, um, make Robertson and Trent have the opportunity to show their strengths. Uh, when you've got to a little bit more of a creative midfield, he's giving Fabino more time to get the ball from deep, Thiago to orchestrate, but everything works together. Milner has never had a pump or the team where it's, all works out. But the guy has been, at one point, highest goal scorer, highest assist at the same time as Maynard. He's not Frank Lampard. Never known for that. That should never be the case. 
assists, yes, but goals, no, never. I mean, I was about money that they said zero attack. I will give you this, though. There are some faults of Pogba. I think it is, for me, he's one of those people that, when it's good, he's loving life, but when the chips are down, he's not really on it. But that's probably because he doesn't feel that relationship. Because as somebody who's living in Manchester at the moment, yeah, bro, Pogba can do the smallest thing, yeah, and it's he's shit, X, Y, Z, goals once and gone, Gary never wants him gone, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's personal. Um, so personally, for me, if I'm Pogba, I'm dipping. I'm signing a pre-contract at PSG in January and dipping. Because he's never going to get that love he needs because he's low-key a confidence player. Um, and he doesn't really get the encouragement he needs to be done. That being said, sometimes the chips are down, he's not the guy that pulls you through. And when Bruno has done that at times, he gets put against Pogba and sort of, well, Bruno's done it. Why can't you? Because Bruno plays as a second striker and he gets goals and assists primarily. You, you need to be able to have trust as people behind you as in front of you to officially orchestrate the game, which is what Pogba's job is to do. But Michael, go and say anything. Um... <laughs> For me, I think it's just very simple. Popper is targeted because he's the best player in Man United. I think that's what it's supposed to get for me. So, um, going to the Liverpool game yesterday, um, when Fred, and it was Fred in particular that was being closed down, Fred was not even allowed to get a touch when he was closed down because they recognised that him and Matt Tomine, they're not in sync. They've never been in sync. There's no cohesion there in that so-called defensive protection of United. So, when those two play, um, you tend to see that McTominay gets the ball and then just plays it sideways towards Fred. And the thing is, Fred is not the one that's going to turn and try and or even recognise his environment. You saw it for the goals conceded. You saw it for him on the ball. Every time that United gave the ball away in a dangerous area, it involves Fred one way or another. McTominay just becomes invisible after he gives the ball away. That's what he does. That's what he does. He gives position to the either to, um, if it's to one of our players, always Fred or Wan-Bissaka, and if it's not that, it's opposition. He gives the ball away a lot, and then he goes missing in his defensive duties. Fred will lose the ball, and he will chase back. McTominay is jogging. You can see him just jogging. There's no effort there. So when Pogba came on the pitch, what happened was, in the first two, three touches, Pogba's beat one or two players, and then he played the ball, the ball a bit forward, maybe sideways. And then Liverpool naturally recognised that, well, he's an issue. Even at 5-0 down, we're going to make sure that you don't have any chance of even making it 5-1. Because that's how you assert your dominance in games. So that goal, um, the Salah hat-trick, the ball is played to him, and immediately you see Firmino from behind, and you see um, Jordan Henderson come at him as well. And the reason they did that is because they recognise that if they give him time to find passes, he's the most dangerous player on the pitch. So that's, that's the target. The guy has to be the target. You have to target the most dangerous player on the pitch in the midfield. You can't give them time. It's the same way you would target like a Kevin De Bruyne, but the issue is with obviously with um, Man City, they have more quality in the overall midfield. So if De Bruyne's having a bad day, but I don't still have a good day. He's having many good days right now. And if it's not him, it's Phil Foden. And you can still rely on Rodri or Fernandinho behind you to do the job and get the job done. And that's the issue. I'm not saying Pogba cannot be held accountable, because there have been situations in the past where he's had men, many, my English, plenty of time, sorry, to actually do something with the ball and he's dilly-dallied. 
he cannot be um, protected from that nonsense that he's done in the past. But he's always going to be targeted because he's quite clearly the most talented, or the most talented midfielder with the most ability in our team. And every every player that talk, um, manager that talks about the club literally mentions Pogba. They always say, oh, Pogba can do this, Pogba can do that, because they recognise his quality. So what do they do? They make sure they get around him quick so he has no time to breathe. He has no time to play those passes. Pogba does have his faults, but the way Liverpool marshaled yesterday was brilliant because Firmino was not chasing people from behind when it was McTominay and Fred. Oh, sorry, it was Fred, but McTominay, no. But when McTominay, it was, so, it was sort of like a 4-3-3 Pogba on the right, or 4-2-3-1 Pogba on the right, and then it will become like a diamond with Rashford and Ronaldo up front. It was just very disjointed. There was no... There was no logic behind what the substitutions. Diego Dalu came on at some point. Cavani played box striker. Yeah, like Cavani and Ronaldo playing. Cavani was on the right wing, on the left wing, and then he was next to Ronaldo and then Ronaldo. It's nonsense. You know what I'm saying? So Pogba does not help himself absolutely, and I do agree with that. But you have to always target the best player in midfield. If you stop the key man in midfield, you stop Man United. And Bruno Fernandez is not the key man in midfield because he's hardly ever in the midfield. So he's going to be Paul Pogba. I mean, since we're talking about talented midfielders, I say we go to Arsenal talk about Thomas Partey getting his first goal. Hey. <laughs> hey, you are. Also, because people under the curtain, in the group chat, this guy has got words for Partey. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're, so I'm not, I'm not, we're not discussing the group chat here. I'm just we're talking about face to face, live on YouTube. Like and subscribe to the channel, of course. About Thomas Partey scoring a, an amazing header. What's wrong with that? Quickly, sorry. Quickly, before we go to Arsenal, though, can I just say something about Liverpool real quick and then we be about to Arsenal? This guy, man, we we spent forty minutes on Liverpool. Let's talk about, let's talk about Arsenal. But they won five nil, didn't it? Chelsea won seven. They but, did, but Norwich. But the thing is, the thing is. This was the worst main night performance in Premier League history. It's worse than six one against the City. It's worse oh, yeah. than six one against Spurs. It was the worst main night performance in Premier League history. Really deep that sentence, and that is why we spent forty minutes talking about it. Yeah, but I will say this for Liverpool, for Liverpool's sake, Matip and Konate are doing one hell of a job this season. So Van Dijk is living nice right now. He's not he's not even looking like the best mid defender. And he's he is their best defender, but he's not looking like the best defender because Matip's put on the clinic so far. And Konate walked seamlessly in and put in one hell of a show yesterday. So I want to give praise to those guys as well because that's what you need. You need to be able to trust your defenders. I don't know how Samuel feels, uh, feels about this. I don't trust Joe Gomez. But I trust the other two. Why not Gomez? Why not? I've so I, I've noticed some things that I don't. I'm very critical of defenders. I'm very, very critical of defenders. Yeah. And he is someone that does, he has this, um, this knack of when he's being approached, he likes to keep backing up, backing up, backing up, backing up. Van Dyke does it to sort of assess you, but then there's a shape to it. So it's like, you're not going to come central. I'm going to drag you out wide if I can, but I'm going to make sure you have very little chance again in the middle. Whereas Gomez is just sort of like, I'm, I'm going to keep backing up, backing up, backing yeah. up till he's near enough, near enough to six yard box before he makes a challenge. I don't like that trail by him. It's not that he's not a good player, but I have yeah. questions about his defense, defensive capabilities. I trust the other two more. That's just my thing by him. But no, it's not that he's bad. I think yeah, if I you think have those two more, yeah. For me, Gomez, like, I, like, I always back him because obviously in 1920, he was 
like at times that like, he was better than Van Dyke. Do you know what I'm saying? I get obviously the fact that obviously he's come back from an injury. So obviously he has, and I think the game against AC Milan, he was a bit off when he came on against. I think it was Porto, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he had a few off games as well. So I do agree that obviously, as of now, he's not really hitting his peak, and obviously, it's, it's, I think it's going to take a long time because. He's not getting consistent game time. So it will take a while for him to get back to that level. Obviously, in 1920, he was outstanding. Do you know what I'm saying? He was outstanding. Obviously, he does have an issue with his defensive positioning. But also, yeah. he kind of has the ability. His, his recovery pace is so good that he can like get back in it. Do you know what I'm saying? So that kind of is up for it. But yeah, he obviously, he's not Van Dyke's. Obviously, like, he's not perfect. He does have a few flaws. But I do feel as if... Um, yeah, like he will get back to his level. Whether that be at Liverpool, I don't know because obviously, I don't know if he's going to be willing to, I don't know, play as a second or third choice. I think Konate is going to mm. be that guy next season. I think Matic probably leaves. I think he's getting quite old, and yeah, he was meant to leave um, this season as well. So, yes, I think, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's nothing on on Gomez, but yeah, let's just move on to Arsenal, it. Yeah, can we? I'm, 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 I feel like there's there's still, there's still a bit more ranting to go. No, no, I'm good. 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 good. i I'm good. I'm good. i it was good. I, 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 if I'm if we're going, if I'm going to have to be honest, because Darren's trying to call me out on this. Yes, I I do discuss Thomas Partey's attacking ability. Don't attacking. do that. Don't caveat it. What? His Don't attacking do ability. that. Don't do that. Don't, Don't do that. that. You, you're doing right now. You know that. You know that African meme when he goes, I, 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 I want to be a terrorist. You're doing that right now. You're you're just dying. He doesn't come to do lies. You, you rip into him. You have torn him to shreds. Last season, you mate. This season, out, you flat out questioned his quality, despite the fact that, and um, our guests will know this, because when you played against Liverpool first, let's go Madrid. That was one of the best individual performances. I agree. He, he was incredible that game. And the guy, injuries aside, and having to play alongside Jacker, he's been alright for you, man. For your team, as I said before. A team is a composition of parts, and they have to be working. And also, they're working. So, how are you expecting Parsi, who literally works in the midfield, in the middle of the pitch, to be that guy when Jacko is beside him, or Odegaard, who doesn't really play that way, or Sambu, who is very young, or El Nene, who he's played alongside with before? This is what I mean. Good players need to be playing alongside good players to see their true quality. And I think Sambi's that guy, personally. I said this one when you got him. I think I think him and Sambi, that's that's the double pivot for me in mm. the future. Um I think I don't want to put myself too out there, although I've got a private Twitter account, so nobody can come at me. Um I think Arteta started to get it right. I think he's I think it's taken him ages. I think he's I think he started to get it. Not, uh, to be fair, at the same time, I do feel like if you had a Ten Hag, you would have got it years ago. You would have got it after the first year. But I think he's now 
starting to get it right. Uh, here's, 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 here's my rebuttal to that. I can see where you're coming from. I can definitely see where you're coming. There are games where we look very impressive. Tottenham, we looked, we looked, we kind of looked impressive against Aston Villa. We controlled most of the game. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. But they're our goals, a good team. don't get it twisted. We're a good side. They're not. They are, but they aren't. They aren't playing well. We have, we have to admit that. Um, and they are. They're poorly managed. I think they're they're, they're poorly. They're worse. Ma- uh, their manager's worse than Ole. So it is what it is. No, uh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. But this is not worse than Ole. He's not even kind of worse than Ole. He's not even kind of worse than Ole. I think it's worth it. Oli Gunn is the worst manager in the league. Dean nah. Smith is a good manager. Dean Smith, bro. We're going to go odds and ends in this. We've got, we've got, what, 20 minutes remaining of this whole podcast. We need to, we need to get moving on. Arsenal won. Good, good victory, Kojo. Good victory. Good victory. Um, dominant victory of Aston Villa, to be honest. Because Aston Villa have been poor. But... You still have to do what you have to do, and you dominate them from start to finish. Partey looked good. He was winning all the aerial balls, defensively and offensively, actually. So that was very good to see. Um, Lokonga looked tidy. Tommy Yasu's a flipping rock. Bloody hell, he's, he's a rock. Yeah, I see, I see you, Darren. I know. Darren said it from the jump, though. He's, he's been banging that Tommy Yasu jump for a while now. It's not new. So Tommy is looking great. Um, ben White looks like he's getting a bit more comfortable. Mm. I say comfortable. I'm jury's still out, but he's getting more comfortable. Um, Saliba to come back. Don't worry about it, bro. Yeah, so when you see when you saw Saliba's performance against PSG a couple mm. days ago, yeah, and um, to be fair to um, Nuno Tavares, he played very well as well. Very well, very well. So look, it's, it's it's a good win because I had my questions about you after the Palace draw. I was like, you know, you you got away with it. Vieira kind of actually found a way to just make you look a bit silly, but you managed to get the draw in the end. Um, and they can weigh them very much more disappointed side. But you've come against Aston Villa, they're not in form. And what Arsenal have done in the past is they play a team that's not in form and fold. They play a team that's not in form and smack them. But it's the, it's one, it's one. So let's see if it can, you know, continue. But it's a good win, it's a good win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Obviously, personally, um, I've always, I think ever since... Arteta joined, like I've always said, like, unlike Oli, I can always see, like, he's trying to do something. And obviously, what he, and obviously, whenever I watched Arsenal play, I think last season, lockdown, um, I think I watched almost every single Arsenal game. So I could always see what they're trying to do. I could always see their shortcomings. And obviously, um, I've always said that. Arteta is a really good manager, you know what I'm saying? And and obviously I know it sounds mad obviously he has he had he has had like a like a total time in it, but I feel like especially the game against Aston Villa, there was so many things that I can see around cool. If he gets that pattern, then they can be good. So like for example, when you watch a team like Liverpool this season, so you know Firmino's gonna drop deep, try to get the ball. Um, Salah and Mane going to run inside. You got Trent and Thing outside trying to get in crosses, and you got um, Van Dijk keeping a ball to Salah. You got so many ways of playing and so many ways of of winning that you can see. Right, cool. There's a plan here. I can see the exact same thing with Arsenal, but they're a bit lower down in their development. For example, I think I saw um, Ben White ping a ball to yeah. I think it might have been Saka yeah. or something like that. I saw. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw for the goal, um, Smith Rowe goal. Aubameyang dropping deep to ping it to to flick it to um, Smith Rowe like um, 
And like, um, um, you know, when you see, um, I think Smith got the ball, you always know um, Tony or Tavares is going to be bombing down. But so I, I can see so many ways of them trying to, of them trying to create chances, trying to score goals that I personally, if I was also find that, I've said it so many times, and obviously I do get a bit of stick in it because like he's been, he's like he's had a few bad results in it. But I've always said how if you give this guy players, and obviously I think he's got his players. I think Ramsdale top signing. I was done. You know what I'm saying um, Tavares a good backup. So with me, like I think this season is going to be very interesting for Arsenal. I think they will still get a few blips, a few dodgy results, a few bad performances. But if you're looking at Obviously, the process. I know that sounds cliche, but if you're looking at the long-term um, plan and how it's moving, you can from last season to 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 to, to last game. There's clear improvement in terms of in terms yeah, of. The way I agree with that. However, with the way they play, they're trying to play football that is that of Liverpool, City, Bayern Munich. So that requires top players to play, and obviously. Smith Rowe, Saka aren't exactly top top players yet. Um, Aubameyang, he's a top player, I would say, but he still has a few mentality issues. I think he's still not um, going to perform week in week out. So, I think the players that you have are good enough to play f- for, let's say, twenty five games per season. But I do think maybe you might just fall short of top four. Maybe you might get top four, but I do think. This season, top four really isn't that much of a target because I do think I think with United, I think they're going to sack um, thing very soon. So mm. I think the the top four will be the top four. So I think yeah. So what I see from Arsenal is just that they've got a good plan. It's very it's been very slow. It's been very very slow. And as I think that sounds obviously his his first job, a few issues with the players Genduzi. So yeah. So yeah yeah yeah. That, that's just my thing on Arsenal. So yeah. You know what? That's kind of maybe positive about Arsenal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being, honest. I'm being absolutely honest. It, it, it might have to take an outside eye looking in just to get get through all this this negativity. And I'm very, I don't get me Tristan. I'm very negative about Arteta. I don't like the idea of this plan. I don't like the idea of this process. I've been a bit off him from since day one. But I can see what you're saying, man. I, I can definitely see what you're saying. So I mean, thank you for that. I I, I guess. <laughs> Next game, oh. even if we do lose, lose against Leicester, I'm going to remember what you said. <laughs> <laughs> also, on top of that, he's already brought silverware in. He's brought silverware in on top of that. Exactly. He's brought... This is the thing, like, you've got to remember, like, he's going to have TV issues. This is his first job. Or mm. what? This is the biggest team in London, Arsenal. Chelsea is, but it's okay. No, it's Chelsea, it's a toss-up toss between the two. But yeah. like, we're, we're, we're all born in the 90s, yeah? Arsenal was that. Irons, obviously Irons. But like, grew up in the 90s, Arsenal was that team. We mm. all love Sierra Reeve. We respect them and what team we support. Do you know what I mean? Like, Arsenal have a special level of, of clout that not many English teams have. Maybe for honest Liverpool United. Yeah, yeah. So that is one hell of a job to take over. But he's obviously gonna have TV issues. Mm. And also Arsenal were a mess upstairs. Yeah. We're taking all that into account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, yeah. I've never been this positive about Arsenal. But now, now, I'm, 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 I've never seen this. 
When I watched Arsenal, I think last season, when I was up in uni, I literally watched literally 35, 36 like, mm. games. And so I watched them a lot. And obviously, even I remember when you lot lost to Everton, I think it was last season, you lost. And obviously, when I go on the TL, I'm seeing Arteta out. That was shocking. He's rich. And I'm like, when I watched the game, I genuinely didn't see a team that... Because when you when I cross as a manager, I'm always looking, all right, cool. Do you have a plan? Mm. Um, um, if you don't have a plan, then obviously that just warrants the thing. If you... Um, do you... Um, um, if you have a plan, is that plan conducive to the players that you have? Um, would you call it? Um, maybe did you make a wrong sub, like something like that? And, and obviously, when I watch, whenever I've always watched Arsenal, like even some of my friends, they're always negative. But I'm like, bro, like I can see something here, do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like whenever I watch Arsenal, there's always a plan. Sometimes the players that are playing, they don't, they're not good enough, do you know what I'm saying? So that will be sometimes make it a bit worse, but. Honestly, like I can honestly see something going to Arsenal. I think obviously it'll take a long time, not a long mm. time, but I think obviously it's taken a long time so far. But as you've seen, I think you're on being in seven games, yeah. And yeah. things like I think when when Klopp came, we like we were getting obviously Klopp was a bit faster, but when we started to pick up pace, we were drawing games like two two, like we were doing that, and then we would win games. So it's a thing where it's up and down. And obviously, what I still have a little bit of doubt about Arteta is if he has the... I think now it's about man management to get the players to be mentally ready to go mm-hmm. at every single game. I think tactically, he, I think he's quite good, but to get their mentality to a point where you have to win 36 games, 35 games per season, that's why I don't know. Obviously, it's, it's his first job. So that's the only thing about him so far that I, I, I have my doubts about. But apart from that, like his turn ID, Ramsdale was a that was crazy. I, I I thought that he was shit. Like I thought he was rubbish. Um Yasu, perfect right back for Arsenal. Tavares, perfect backup. You got um what's his name? I think the, the only thing the only thing it might be with Odegaard. Maybe yeah. they should run for Madison, but apart from that, yeah, man, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You made you made four or five points I can't refute. So yeah, we have to we, we have to move on. Oh um, yeah, okay. Next week, if we lose, I'm I'm remembering this. Like, there's a plan. There's a plan. There's a plan. All right. He's genuinely happy, you know. That's the thing. He's, yeah. He's doing like, oh no, you know what? He's right, you know. That's right. Nice. Absolutely right. I can't can't deny. Can't deny. Um, Chelsea seven, Norwich City nil. This was one of those games. I mean, Lukaku wasn't even playing, and he absolutely absolutely panned them. This kind of puts into not doubt, but puts all the negativity behind them. They don't really score that many goals. They're not They're not clicking. Offensively, this game, they were direct. They were straight out of the blocks. Let me say something about Chelsea. Chelsea probably the team... I probably don't think they're going to they're gonna challenge strong for the title. Mm. Um, when you look at the stats behind the seasons thus far... I think there was a um, times points and a times goal table that came out. And I believe they were around fourth place or something like that. Um, and whenever I watch Chelsea, defensively, brilliant. The, that, the defensively, probably the best team in the league. Do you know what I'm saying? That five at the back, Mendy's a monster. Um, Kante, like, defensively, they're really, really good. I can't lie. However, offensively, 
I feel as if they don't have many methods of creating quality chances. Mm. I think, for example, I didn't even um, watch the game against Norwich, but I saw the first goal. I think that was a banger from Mount. Yeah. Um, I think when I watch big teams, like see, I mean, I am with Arsenal and I always look how 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 frequently do you create chances that a player is almost certain to score? And I don't feel Chelsea do that enough. I think the goals that they score, for example, against us, Habits, that was a wonder header. Um, um, and obviously we, we saw against um, um, C that they couldn't get a sniff, do you know what I'm saying? And, and I thought as if there's a few attacking issues there that have been papered over because of the fact that Lukaku can score from almost anything. He can almost score locally chances. I think they, I think Ben Chua has four goals in, in four games. That's not sustainable. Um, so I just feel as if they're, the way they attack, there's a few flaws. And I think definitely when I watched, I think they played against Aston Villa. Aston Villa, um, they matched them up. And before they scored, Aston Villa, were, they were all over them. Like they, yeah. they, they were all over them. I think there was a game against Juventus. They matched them up three, five, two. They were all over them. So I think with Chelsea, I think personally, there's a clear way to 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 beat them. Do you know what I'm saying? I think even before they even won against Norwich, took with them saying how he matched that. I think he said how he matched the changing around because he. I think he's even started to deep that if you match Chelsea up, go man for man, you stop Jorginho, you stop the the ball getting to Lukaku. I think personally, I think there's a clear way on how on how to be Chelsea, and it's not that difficult. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, can I say one, a couple of things on Chelsea too? Go on. And also, to be fair, like there, there is, there is, there is scope to your analysis on Chelsea. Um, there, you have made some really good points, especially in the Villa game. That Villa game was a bump on Villa. They did not deserve that scoreline. Um, but I will say this. What is in the water at that Cobham Academy? Because, my God, it's, it's a madness. Uh, it's, it, we're not even talking about the players that they, they have at their team. Because we all know Ruben Loftus-Cheek is good yeah. when he's fit. We all know kind of Hobson Odoi just needs a run of games. We've got Mount. We've got Reese James, bro. Then you've got Trevor Chalabar. And then they've got, they've got enough strength and depth to go, ah, uh, Brian, you can hold Lamptey. Ah, uh, Southampton, you can hold Liberento. What? That's insane. Yeah. Like you know, you know what's at Cobham? Uh, Abramovich's checkbook. That's what's at Cobham. <laughs> it's as simple as simple well, as that. Uh, he just has the ability to sign up every single youngster out there going, and and he's, and he's done well. But you do you agree that? Because I think I heard somebody say <laughs> that Chelsea have the best academy out there right now. Yeah. Oh, facts. Yeah. But you look, look at look look at City. Other than Cole Palmer, nobody's coming through their team like that. Bro, you did that. Eric, huh? You did that. No, it's no, it's like Trevor Chalabar. is coming into a Chelsea team with depth. Let's not let's not pretend that he didn't just get uh, Kurt Zuma. He's P forty five. Now he's playing in Stratford. Kurt Zuma, a seasoned, a seasoned um, Premier League footballer who's playing on loan at Stoke when they were up, played at Everton, and now he's playing at a very good West Ham side. Trevor Shannon has got, nah, I'm in, I'll move. After a loan in France. 
Like it's 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 different. It's not the same as as United, as Liverpool, as City, who have that money to make those changes, to be that influential. But really, United, your fingers crossed that Hannibal Bedry makes it. But that's about it. Maybe Shola, Shotari. But other than that, not really. But mm. I don't think Jay, I don't think I don't think Garner's gonna make it because Jesus Christ, everybody knows where that needs a number six. And then we just thought, no, we'll just bring him back from left to for us to give him a go. City have got nobody other than Cole Palmer. Curtis Jones is just getting his shine now. And Harvey Elliott, Harvey Elliott would have had a fantastic season to work for the injury. But in terms of the constant numbers and the constant yes. quality as well, the quality is mad. Because Liverpool is now one of Southampton's best players. Cole Hudson-Odoi is keeping out a myriad of talent out of that squad. They're talking Pulisic, Zayek, Werner. Now these men are playing. Werner's got international caps for Germany. Mm. Zayek was doing the madness in the Champions League for Ajax. Pulisic was the, the US talent. Like, so they're, they are, they're moving different with their youth system. You're trying to get a me, word in, Kojo. Um, yeah, no, just with Chelsea, it's um, obviously there was, there's always been criticism about how they use their youth players with the low system and that, but there's, there's always been two things about them. They loan out a load of players because they find they know there's a way to make money off those players after they go away and see if they're worth their weight in, uh, in goal. But on the other side of it is, despite loaning out so many players, they were winning youth championship after youth championship, youth FA Cups, youth European Cups, youth, league, youth leagues. They've got talent, an abundance of talent. Um, we've even got a friend, I, I, I'll say after the thing, I'm sure he doesn't want, he doesn't want me to say it live. We've got a friend that is now working at the club and he's seeing firsthand more talent. And boy, boy oh boy, they're not finished. They're just going to continue. They're continuing. But it's, I think Abramovich and the club as well, they sort of get what they're trying to do. There's always been a way about this, their, um, their philosophy of using youth. So, you know, we've spoken about back in the day, people like Gal Kakuta and um, uh, who's the other one as well? The one that was there for a long time, Lucas Piazon, for, for two examples, right? And these guys went on loan after loan after loan after loan. But the reason why they went on loan after loan after loan... Is it Marco Van Ginkel as well? Ma uh, Marco Van Ginkel's another one. These guys went on loan after loan after loan, but the reason they never really made it in the first team is because they didn't have the abundant quality to make it in the first team. I've been someone, I've been very critical of like Ruben Loftus Cheek, for example, because he's not available, quite frankly. He's a good player, he's talented, but he's not available enough. A lot of injury problems. But the reason why he's still there is because when he's, when he's usable, he's a good player. Um, and all these players that they're now fitting in, as Darius mentioned, they just seem to just easily just fit into the team as well. And they're all tactically aware of different things. So, bruv, there's something very, very different in that water. And I think for young talent that are developing, it is the best place to be right now, especially if um, you have the quality to make it in the first team. So, boy, Rich James is looking like a bad boy. Um, Shalabar is looking like a bad boy. He's looking better than his brother. And Nathaniel Shalabar was highly rated. Remember that. Trevor not really spoken about much, but he's he's popping there right now. So yeah, man, it's good for them. But as for the seven 0 look, it's Norwich, man. They're going down. That's just, that's not even. So, yeah, I was gonna say quickly on Norwich, like they should be on some sort of like Premier League purgatory <laughs> because 
the way they the way that team works is they're never good enough to compete in the Premier League, but they're always too good to be the championship. Championship, yeah. And they're like they're like the modern day um West Brom, the Yo Yo Club. Yeah. That's what they do. They just do up and down thing. But at this point, it's like it's like Stoke. I don't want to see them no more. Just just go and But at really the same time at the same time, the other teams in the championship need to up their game. A team that has up their game has been brought over recent uh, weeks has been Brighton Hove. I mean, they lost 4-1 against Manchester City. Goals from Phil Foden, Iklai Gundogan and Riyad Mahrez and Alex Sis McAllister got a consolation. Um, Samuel, we'll go to you because these, these are the guys that I imagine you think are your closest rivals. What Phil Foden, how out of this world is he? Because he's, he's going from strength to strength. Oh. Personally, I've said this from last year when they went on that mad Champions League run. I've said that Foden to me is the best player. I've like, okay, cool. I can't call him the best player in the world because, yeah, I think that's still messy. But in terms of, if you're looking at the next generation, Foden, Mbappe, Haaland, I'm putting him at the top in terms of them. I agree. Because... When I see Foden, I don't know what he can't do. <laughs> he can play eight. He can play six. He, he can play left wing, right wing, cam, false nine. He can play anywhere from midfield to attack. And he can do much more with the ball. He can dictate play like Thiago. This guy can play like a winger, like Sterling. He can play false nine like Firmino. He can do every single job that there is that a midfielder such tackle should be able to do. Personally, he is a talent. He's special. I've, I rate him highly, higher than Mbappe, personally. Um, and I just think, yeah, he's he's special, man. He's special. I would love to have him in my team. But, yeah, man, he's special. Special, special. Bro, bro keep keep talking the things. Keep <laughs> talking the things. Because this guy, Pep Guardiola said it perfectly yesterday. He said there are footballers that play positions and there are footballers that play football. That's Phil Foden. I was like... That's bars, and that's bars I can disagree with. That's bars. The guy is excellence. Yeah. Literally, you said it. You see him play up front or false nine. He's aced it. Cameron, he's aced it. Right wing, he's aced it. Left wing, he's aced it. Deeper, he's aced it. What can he not do? What can he not do on a football pitch? Yeah, personally, I just rate him so highly, man. Like even last year when Mbappe was going crazy. And obviously, people do put Mbappe at, the, at like probably the, the next best player in the world. But personally, if Foden gets to play 30 games per, per season, gets to have at least play most games in the Champions League, I think he's the guy, man. Personally, I just think, yeah, man, he's just beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. I think the way people talk about Mbappe is also because of remember the the, the breakout season that him and Monaco at that time had. In Champions League, and that was like, ooh, wow, who is this new team and this new kid on the block at the same time? Whereas us all being in England, we all knew Foden was there or thereabouts. And like, he's the one the bad thing about him is he's not 25, not 26, he's got he could got more development to He's not finished, he's not finished, <laughs> mate, he's barely started. It's, it's, it's completely different with Foden. I will say this, though. Brighton, second half, completely different team. Completely yeah. different team. And that is one of the reasons why I, 
I rate Graham Potter so highly. He assessed the situation at halftime. The game was gone, right? But the Brighton that came out in the second half and the changes he made when they brought Lampsy on, bro, they look like a completely different team. And Brian needs to pray to God that Newcastle don't just throw money at that Graham Potter guy because he, he, I think he is the, the most key asset in that Brighton team is him. He is a fantastic coach. And, um, so like, what, what can you say about City? They're live, isn't it? So, the phone is great. What, what, what can you say? Like, well, you're, you're, mute, you're muted. You're muted. As I was saying, in the final game against the top six, it was West Ham 1, Tottenham. Oh, oh. You guys, you, you call me shameless. You guys are absolutely shameless. But Michael and Tony. We're all from you. Don't we're do that. Come on, bro. You're in Manchester, bro. So don't don't try around the corner. <laughs> don't not, try around the corner. Don't say we're from Newham. Allow it. Don't do that, nah, bro. You, you, you're far, you're far removed from Newham. Now you can't you can't be supporting them. You should be t- supporting Salford, bro. That's what you should be supporting. But listen, we can't let Tony you know. suck out for berries. <laughs> Mikel Antonio got the only goal of the match. Um, Darren, how bad this one? It was a it was a poor game. It was a horrible ah. game to watch. Me and uh, me and Kojo were, were watching at my place, and it was just an absolute bore fest. But Mikel Antonio got the right to go. Harry Kane went to sleep when he was defending him. But they get the win, and they and West Ham keep rolling. If you want, yeah, there we go. West Ham keep rolling. Can I can I say this though? West Ham wanted it to be a dad. A bad game. They want it to be dead because they're in a team better at some pieces. The West Ham Football Club in the Premier mm. League. When Cresswell's whipping that ball in, and you've got Suchek, Antonio, Agbada, or Dawson or Diop attacking the ball, like who really wants it with you? Like nobody really. When you've got the the thing is, West Ham are such a well-functioning unit. It's like Moyes said to his Everton team, let me reload it one more time. And he's <laughs> doing it. Like, I've got, I got so much love for West Ham at the minute. Um, not only because I grew up around the corner, but because they are so efficient. They're so difficult to play against. And every team that goes up against them knows that they're going to be in there for a long day. And you, you've got to respect it. In terms of Spurs, they should have known better with, with regards to set pieces. That should have been the thing that they really drilled down on the training. Um, in terms of Harry Kane, how many times and how many ways can you say somebody doesn't want to be there before you run out of ways to say it? Um, That's what I was going to say. I'll go to, I'll go to you, Sam. How is the Harry Kane problem becoming um, uh, much more than they can afford right now? Because they, they tried to keep him, but it's not working right now. And is, is, it, is it becoming more, more and more of a problem? Yeah, man, I like Tottenham, like you said, they're very boring to watch nowadays. I hardly watch them. But yeah, man, Harry Kane, I watched a bit of the West Ham game and yeah, man, like, he just doesn't seem like he wants to be there. I think there was definitely some sort of um, discourse between him and um, what's his name, Daniel Levy. Um, I think he's probably weighing it out. But yeah, man, he like he, he, I think he got one goal so far. I think 10 shots on target. 
like he doesn't want to be there. And Kane's better than that. You know I'm saying Kane, that there's no way that you can sit there and say he's declined. You know what I'm saying, oh, he's just not good enough anymore because Kane's Kane. You know what I'm saying you don't just decline over one season, especially after the season that you had before, after the Euros. You can't like no mm. one can say he's just not good anymore. So it's clear that he like they don't want to be there. And Tottenham really just aren't in a good place right now. Nuno is the wrong manager for them. He's not good enough either. Um, the way he plays, boring. Um, and they're a bit like United. Like they just don't have a proper structure in in, in the way they play. Um, but yeah, man, literally, yeah. Tottenham, are, to, to be honest, they're a very dull team to even to to watch and just to think. So yeah, man, yeah. Gojo, your final thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, no, West Ham came away, they were the better side in a poor game, they were the better side, so they deserved the victory from start to finish. Um, Antonio lost a goal against um, West Ham, I, I know strikers are not the best defenders, but Harry Kane, that he, he was goal side, he was literally in the right position to stop him having an attempt, and he was absolutely pathetic in his attempt to block him. Um, but I think it's just the same old thing with Spurs, look, they're gonna at some point sack Nuno. I think that's going to be the season, personally. And then they're going to bring in another manager. But what, what it is with this team is, moving away from Harry Kane for just a moment, a lot of these players are just there on either a moment, not moments, a moment, or they're just not good enough. Point blank, period. Lucas Moura is still living off Ajax. Bergwijn, they're still hoping for the guy that came from PSV. He's not that guy right now. He's not going to be that guy for Tottenham. Um... I like Son. I think Son is a brilliant footballer, but he's inconsistent. So, I mean, they want, I'm not saying get rid of him because he's, he's one of their best players, but eventually yeah. you have to recognise. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is the only players that can come away with any credit for me are Hoiberg, Oliver Skip, Romero, because he's starting to show the form that he was having at Atalanta bit by bit. It's not there, but he's showing it a little bit. And... I'd even say that's even at some point get past Hugo Lloris. At this point, he's he's still a good goalkeeper, but I'm sure you signed Golini because there's a there's a reason you signed him. It's not just to, see, to bring him in and speed him back up. There needs to be a replacement. There needs to be a change of the guard. There is a big job to do at Tottenham, and I agree with um, Samuel that um, you know it's not the man to deliver it. There is a big job. People tell me that their team does have some good players, Tangri and Dombele being one of them, of course, but. Uh, I feel like this is the job is huge, man. It's far too huge. There's a lack of mentality. There's a lack of quality, and I don't even know which manager would be right for the job. If I'm being honest, can I say this with Spurs? I think a lot of it is a lot of muddled up thinking, and it came specifically to head um, the summer when they went through like ten managerial appointments. Uh, they had uh, all different styles. They brought in Pratici to be DOF, um, but they also wanted Fonseca, who had completely do polar opposite ways the way football should be set up. And then Fonseca didn't come work out, and then Pratici wanted more defensive players, so more defensive style of football. And when you look at the Spurs team, you look at players like the thing is. There were some real diamonds, in my opinion, in that first squad. When you look at Dumbelli, when you look at Giovanni Lasalle, right? when you look at Romero, when you look at obviously Kane and Son, they go about saying, when you go on, when you when you look at 
Ali, quote unquote, under certain circumstances and playing under certain positions, not as an eight, but as a second striker, similar to the way Bruno Fernandes operates himself from United. Uh, uh, there, there is, there is something there that that could be built upon to be made better. We've not seen anything of Brian Hill, um, so we don't know what he could offer. Fresh new ideas on the on the wing. We, we've not really been able to see it. I look at the Spurs team. I look at the parts of the Spurs team and think, well, why don't they try and play a bit more of an expansive, possession-focused football? Because they've got some of the players. Like Hoiberg is probably top five sixes in the Premier League. And he can play with the ball as well. He has a bit more of a creative role for Denmark. He can definitely play. Um, so I just look at the team and I think, the Nuno was not the right signing. But at the same time, they had no idea what they were going through when it came to the managerial appointment. And it's just showing itself almost every week. That's the problem. Can you see the comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, Jack, is, Jack is stressed. He's, he's, he's very, very stressed. Um, but no, he, he makes a fair point. And Darren, you're right as well. There is, it's just muddled up. I mean, he said it perfectly here. Maybe when attacking football, but it's higher the defensive director um, of football in Paratisi, then higher Nuno, then the inside attacking midfielder. They're still looking at Deli Yali to deliver the goods. And, you know. He's not creative. It, he's, a, he's a scorer, Deli Yali. Mm, this one. Right behind Harry Kane to sniff up and gobble up all the chances that Harry Kane is missed. Do, do it, honestly, taking the defenders away. Honestly, for me right now, I think Danielli doesn't even have that in his game anymore. I feel like he needs to be changed into a striker at some point. He doesn't have, or he's not showing the same sort of link up or the hunger to even get in with those goals at this point. I don't know what his game is anymore. It was very easy when we when we knew what he had behind him with Wanyama, and that was beautiful, but. I don't know what it is. I'm saying striker just for him to try and sort of he's, save himself he's got, elsewhere. I don't think he's got a, a future as a midfielder point blank period. I don't know if he's got the minerals for it. He's a second striker, but he's also yeah. got post Mourinho paralysis. Um, so he's he's every day oh, bringing up Mourinho. Oh, bro, no, 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 they all were. No, 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 hear me though. Bruno came in, he had his moment. He's got like five goals in like three games. Remember he's like going at United when he controlled it from the height, flicked it and then banged it. He was having his moment and then he became Deliali again. I've always said it, bro. Yeah, Jerobi had a moment when he chopped up Freezer's, um, Freezer, Vegeta's tail and then he went missing. Everyone has their moments, bro. <laughs> but the, thing moments. Is, the thing is, during... Um, Spurs' best period, Daniel was a constant in the, was, that period. Awesome, Let's yeah. not pretend. Let's not pretend that he wasn't so key in where he they was. got to under Pochettino. And the thing is, the issue with the way things ended with Pochettino is they're at the highest highs. A lot of the footballers didn't realise, or they probably deep at the end of the game, that this is probably as good as it got for them when they lost against Liverpool in the Champions League final. Because let's be real, why was Soko not playing in the Champions League final ever again in the rest of his career? That was his one and done. That was his one and done. So, I mean, that was the case for bear of that Spurs squad. Do you think Eric Dyer's going to play in the Champions League final? No. Of course he isn't. How do you pick a team up after that? The only way you can really move forward is by going, all right, 
ticks that you need to go, we're starting again. I did not think, I don't think that Deliani needed to be one of those six at that period of time. But that whole squad needed refreshing after that moment because that, the morale of that team would have been shaking hands with Satan all the way down. Before they, got I mean, the, so, before, before they got to the final, the manager was saying that we need new furniture. And it was, it was too, so no, he it, knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. I, um, by the way, um, Jack made another comment. I'm not going to put it up because it's Don't a put it up. Don't even mention it's it, legend. We're moving on. It's a legend. What's a legend? We'll talk after. We'll talk after. We'll talk after. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. Well, thank thank you, Jack, for bringing it up and trying to trying to dis, dis, derail this uh, this podcast. Is it anyway. No, 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 no. It's not a second. No, no, no. It's, it's some sort of family, um, family affairs. There we go. Latin East but anyway, but anyway, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. We will wrap it up there. Um, Sammy, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, man. So, uh, my ass literally down there, nine squeeze on Instagram. I mean, on Twitter, sorry. Um, obviously, I've got a podcast as well. So, um, type in anywhere YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, hashtag the pep talk, it should come up. Um, and yeah, man, hopefully, I've got a lot, a lot more content on the way. So, yeah, that's where you can find me, man. Kojo, where can they find us? Um, obviously here on YouTube, Free Midfield, um, podcast, and then everywhere else, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Free Midfield. This has been another episode of the Match Report. Good night.